The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. No Kate again this week, so it's just me and Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. trying to help you get that fantasy championship ring on Sunday. And the NFL saw a huge wave of players return from the COVID list this week after updates to the protocols. And it's sure to have a high impact on your fantasy lineups. Uh, I do want to let you guys know, again, we are recording this on Thursday instead of Friday like we normally do. It's Friday's New Year's Eve and Want everybody to uh, get their lineup set early. That way you can go have some drinks and enjoy the new year. With no Thursday game, we are just going to get right into it, Justice. And I want to start with this game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this should be a fun game, right? Like we've talked about this Bengals team a lot and their ups and downs. And Kansas City has really put everything together where they're playing like a, a complete football team now. But the Bengals' offensive weapons are still going to be hard to move off of in this game because of the upside that they bring in your fantasy lineup. So I think this game isn't going to be quite as high scoring as it might seem on paper. Like It looks like it could be a shootout, but I kind of feel like the Chiefs are in a tier above the Bengals right now. The Bengals are just coming off of that huge performance against the Baltimore Ravens. So I- I'm a little bit worried about joe burrow jamar chase t higgins and all of those guys headed into this one yeah and i don't think it's necessarily a coverage thing um it's that pass rush versus that offensive line right this definitely seems like probably game of the week um i don't understand why this is a morning game on sunday uh they're they're playing at you know 10 o'clock pacific time and like the saints are hosting a game against the Carolina Panthers in that like afternoon slate. So like, I it, I, I understand like every good game can't be flexed to Sunday night football, but why is this in the morning slate? I get it's in Cincinnati, but like, it's fine on. with me. We already had a Chiefs game get flexed against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. Sunday night games are not as much fun for me to work, so I'm fine with this being a noon game in Kansas City. The other thing about the schedule this week is they're like 
no Thursday games. That would be weird, you know, go before the last week of the season where everyone just plays on Sunday. But then there's a Monday night football game. It's like, all right, okay. I don't, I don't get it. Just put football on. This is not a big deal. Everyone doesn't want to watch these like college games. We're watching uh right now there's the Duke's Mayo Bowl where someone's going to get doused. The winning head coach is going to get doused in mayonnaise <laughs> that's watered down. Like it doesn't make sense anymore. Gross. <laughs> Just wait until one of these like uh, drone companies does something with the winning head coach. You're like, oh no, yeah, Dabo, no. Just drop a, a vat of mayo from like a hundred feet above the football field. Not great, not great. But yeah, I mean, this game should be very fun. I assume there's going to be high scoring. You know, some people might be afraid in this matchup. To me, again, because the Chiefs aren't like a coverage heavy team in terms of like where their talent is defensively. I wouldn't necessarily worry about those guys producing numbers on the field, but I do think the Chiefs pass rush versus, you know, the the Bengals offensive line, that's where the game is going to be won for Kansas City. And I could see this being, you know, a multiple score win for Kansas City, you know, in some circumstances because of that matchup. I just think like these guys are going to get their numbers offensively no matter what. You know, a couple sacks, that's not going to kill you in fantasy. Interceptions aren't weighted heavy enough in fantasy, frankly. So I I think Burrow and Chase are probably going to be fine. Yeah, like you still have to start your Bengals in this football game because I do still think there's going to be points had. It's just I totally agree with you. It's the Chiefs pass rush against this Bengals offensive line, which just isn't very good. And that's going to be the biggest difference maker in this game. Like we've seen the Chiefs offensive line really grow as the season's gone on. And I know the Bengals have some pass rushers, but their defense just isn't as talented top to bottom as the Chiefs defense. So start T. Higgins, start Jamar Chase, start Joe Burrow. I, I do actually like Joe Mixon a lot. The Chiefs have been getting torched by opposing running backs. So if, if there is a, a particular player you can feel a, a little bit higher on, I think it's Mixon in this game. Actually, not uh, necessarily T. Higgins, who went absolutely nuts last week. But again, we talked about it on Wednesday. That was a practice squad lineup for the Baltimore Ravens. So you can't expect that Bengals offense to do this again. Um, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs go, you know, Patrick Mahomes obviously going to be in your lineup. Travis Kelsey is returning from the COVID list this week. So he will be active. And Tyreek Hill will be back coming off of a dud game, but it was a blowout win against the Pittsburgh Steelers where. You know, Tyreek Hill, even Patrick Mahomes said as much this week that Tyreek Hill was quite a bit winded on Sunday and he didn't practice all week. He was COVID positive, so he was dealing with COVID coming back from that. And it seemed to take a little bit of a toll on him. So we'll see how that affects Travis Kelsey as well. But the fact that he's going to be able to return to practice this week and get some reps under him beforehand, I think you still start Tyreek Hill. You still start Travis Kelsey. And the Chiefs are probably going to be without Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this game. So I think Daryl Williams is going to be an absolute smash play because he's going to get all, all of the running back work. Uh, but I wouldn't go as far as to say like Derek Gore, but get Daryl into your lineup in this one. I, I do think you can play the Chiefs defense too because I do think they're going to sack Joe Burrow uh, a lot in this one. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. They're going to they're gonna get some points. I mean, that offensive line, the Bengals fans aren't at like, uh, did we make a mistake by taking Chase instead of Sewell? But there is some like, oh, crap, this offensive line isn't what we kind of hope. Like they haven't taken the steps that the team kind of hoped that they would, you know? Yeah. And like I mentioned the other day, if the Bengals this off season go out and they invest heavy in their offensive line and try to fix that problem, 
like we're going to be talking about the Bengals headed into next season as like one of those like major sleeper AFC teams because of the way their offense has looked this season. But again, I, I think they're a year away from that. I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are just in a different tier than the Cincinnati Bengals right now. The Indianapolis Colts might be without quarterback Carson Wentz this week. We'll see uh, after the NFL changed its COVID protocols from 10 days to five days per the CDC update and, and the way that they've updated the testing and stuff. Carson Wentz could still possibly be available this week. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, it's a favorable matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um you know, I, I don't think you should have been starting Carson Wentz in, in your fantasy championship anyways, but obviously in this game, Jonathan Taylor's got an opportunity to go absolutely nuts. Uh, the Colts are going to get guys back from the COVID list. They were really shorthanded last week against the Cardinals, and the Raiders' run defense is just not very good. So I, I think this game, really, it's Jonathan Taylor and I guess Hunter Renfro for the Raiders, and then I'm avoiding everybody else. Uh, the Raiders did place Darren Waller on the COVID list, so he might not be available this week, and he's been really banged up this season. So it's Jonathan Taylor and Hunter Renfro is about all I'm going near in this one. And I think that's more than fair. I mean, these teams, the Colts, I, I don't think you can trust a pass catcher right now, especially with Wentz's whole situation. If, if uh, what's his name? Uh, the quarterback from Texas is starting. That's that's never what you want to see at quarterback, right? We we just got through that Monday night game where Ian Book looked terrible. I mean, it, it's going to be no different than that. Um, and then on the Raiders side, I mean, they've just they've really been in a funk um, ever since you know Gruden you know got kicked out the door. Uh, it is worth noting, like they have a head coaching opening. And they're not interviewing anyone. And the interview window has already started. It started the 28th. We're recording this on the 30th. Jacksonville, I think, is doing interviews today, like as we speak, for their head coaching opening. And they've already named a list of eight guys that they want to talk to. Raiders just, like, are, aren't doing it yet. So I don't know what their plan is, if they're just going to keep the special teams coach and they're just going to keep that going, or they hire – I guess after the cycle, I don't, I don't understand why you would wait for, you know, black Monday or whatever they call it, unless they're going after like Harbaugh. I mean, I'm trying to think of like what a, a Mark Davis type of move would be and Harbaugh getting his start, you know, first coaching gig under Al Davis and Mark Davis just being like, I, I can lure him back to the NFL when Harbaugh isn't on a huge contract. Cause he took a cut from Michigan. I, I could see that happening, but Outside of like the actual product on the field, like I'm not that interested in the Raiders anymore this season. I understand they might make a playoff game. Um, they're they're just not really a fun team. It seemed like the heart of that roster really got like ripped out midseason, and we're really feeling the effects of it now. Yeah, as far as the coaching search goes, I feel like maybe it has something to do with the Raiders still being in playoff contention. Like they're a long shot, but. If they find a way to win these final two games, they could have a chance just because the AFC is totally wide open still. And there's still six playoff spots up for grabs heading into week 17. So maybe it has something like that. Like they're hoping their team can rally and somehow get in the playoffs, which would be commendable based on everything they've gone through this season. But I mean, we'd be talking about them surpassing a team like the Chargers, the Ravens are still right there. The Dolphins have won seven in a row. So they would need a lot of things to break their way. But 
as far as week 17 fantasy championship game goes, those are the two players that I, I think you should only be looking at in this one. And yeah, of course, if Sam Ellinger plays, you obviously cannot go near Stay the away. Basketball. Stay away from everyone. It's, you know, Michael Pittman is tempting. And I think Michael Pittman is a stud who's got all kinds of upside moving forward. I just do not like him this week. And it's a favorable matchup for the Colts run game. And we know they're going to feed Jonathan Taylor. So I'd avoid everybody else in that contest. But that does actually lead us to our first NFL Reacts poll of the day. Which AFC team on the bubble would be the most fun to watch in the postseason? Los Angeles Chargers, not surprisingly, leading the way 54% of the vote. The Baltimore Ravens coming in at number two with 13% of the vote. Oh, the Browns, sorry, at number two with 17%. That's kind of shocking. Then the Ravens at number three with 13%. The Broncos at number four with 4%. And the Pittsburgh Steelers at number five with 3%. Uh I find it a little shocking that the Browns are ahead of the Ravens. You know, the Chargers, we talked about it a little bit already. I want the Chargers to get in the playoffs because I want to see Justin Herbert there. And then I would go to the Baltimore Ravens because if Lamar Jackson is healthy and he's right and he returned to practice this week, like I want to see Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I don't really want to see Tua in the playoffs, unfortunately, for Dolphins fans. No, and I, I think the bottom of that poll like in, in terms of the rankings, our our voters nailed it. Um, I do disagree with the Browns being number two, though. I mean, unless – I mean, I like watching edge rushers. It's my favorite position to watch outside of quarterback just because quarterback influences so much. Um, I've coached edge rushers before. Um, it's my favorite position to evaluate when it comes to draft season. I love watching Miles Garrett. But outside of that, what, what's really the – calling card for the Browns I guess Chubb just running running the ball in the winter but the quarterback position man it's looking bad and it's not like the the Browns have a ton of super talented pass catchers I mean I know everyone wants kind of Donovan Peoples-Jones to kind of step up into that role and Anthony Schwartz when they can figure out those kind of they're not really gadget plays but those like you know jet sweeps and stuff like that like that's fun but I don't really think the Browns offense is fun like the Chargers offense is fun when Baltimore's healthy on offense, they're fun. I understand their defense is terrible, which might might be fun to watch. I mean, the Chargers are in the same position. Like it, it's just like automatic shootout if the Chargers or Ravens are in a game. Yeah, when it comes to wild card matchups and stuff like that, like I am just rooting for fun teams to watch. And as much as it hurts Points, me to say overs, yeah, totals, it's I was really high on the Cleveland Browns coming into the season. And, you know, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, trading Odell Beckham, whatever, but they're just not a fun team to watch. Like they're offensively, they're not explosive. They they don't have consistent pass catchers. So I don't really know what the NFL reacts community is doing there with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, have a tasty week 17 matchup against the New York Jets. Uh, Tom Brady's had back-to-back poor fantasy performances, but week 17 matchup uh, against one of the worst teams in football and Mike Evans still dealing with the hamstring injury. He was also added to the COVID list this week. So I would have to assume Mike Evans is not going to be available in this game. But we saw Antonio Brown step right back into this offense and lead the Buccaneers wide receivers and targets. He had 15 targets last week, even in another kind of down game for Brady. And the Bucs are just dealing with a lot of injuries right now. You know, Shaq Barrett 
also got injured last week, and he's probably going to be out until the playoffs start. They don't have Leonard Fournette, no Chris Godwin. But this is a Brady game. Like Brady is going to carve up the Jets in this one. So if you got Tom Brady in your Week 17 Fantasy Championship, I think you deploy Brady and you don't even question it because this has like that Brady monster four touchdown performance written all over it against just a bad Jets team. And then Antonio Brown and and Gronk and Ronald Jones are all going to be serviceable fantasy options for your lineup. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Todd Bowles against a rookie quarterback, he might have some stuff dialed up and just get him off of the field and, they they might not have very many punts. It might be like that Packers Browns game where the Browns punt one time, but they end up getting like four interceptions, and that's how the Packers end up winning. Like I could totally see that being the situation for the Bucks. It's kind of amazing. I bet uh, worst record in football Jets like probably a month and a half ago plus eight hundred, and I was like, man, this is a steal. Like they very well might be the least talented team in football. And I ended up having to cash it out because I was like, there's no way this is going to hit after the backup quarterbacks came in. When Wilson is in there, they're still a very bad football team. It's kind of amazing to me. You know, Houston, uh, the Jets, the Giants, now with a backup quarterback with the Giants. Like, the fact that none of these teams are bad enough, you know, in this slate to kind of get, like, a top two pick because Jacksonville and Detroit had built up such a lead. And Detroit's probably – a better product, you know, on the field than all three of those teams right now. It's tough to like tank in the NFL now when this Jets team (laughs) is like a borderline, like top five pick team. You're like, holy crap. The bottom end of the NFL is very, very bad. And this line being double digits does not surprise me. I I wouldn't touch it because it's just way too many points for me for an NFL game. But yeah, man, I mean, if, if this is within one score, it's going to feel like a, a moral victory for the New York Jets. Yeah, it's it, it's got like league winning, championship winning game all over it. Uh, in my DraftKings lineups, I'm probably going to roll with a couple of bucks stacks. Like I don't trust Tyler Johnson, who has had multiple opportunities this season to step up and kind of show something in that offense. And he had zero targets last week. So Tyler Johnson's not really a guy that I would take a chance on, but Rashad Perriman is expected to return from the COVID list this week. So he'd be a guy if you wanted a cheap option in the Bucks passing game. I think I'd look at Rashad Perriman as kind of like a a, a deep dart throw sleeper because I think the Bucks are just going to smash in this game. And you can't start anybody for the Jets. You might be tempted with Michael Carter, who returned to action last week, but Tampa Bay's run defense is still very good. So just avoid the Jets load up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Jacksonville Jaguars, you just mentioned them, obviously one of the worst teams in football. And unfortunately, my guy James Robinson suffered a season-ending Achilles injury last week. It sucks for him as a player, like an undrafted player who kind of came out of nowhere and has been a difference maker when he's gotten a lot of touches and, and had a big role in that offense. So it's a bummer, and they're taking on the Patriots, who are looking to bounce back after back-to-back losses. So it's a terrible matchup, but Daria Gunbawale is going to be available on a ton of waiver wires this week. I guarantee he's available in like 90% of leagues or something like that. And he's going to be their lead running back. He's also got had a role in their passing offense, so... 
I'd expect this game to be a blowout for the Patriots. Um, so, you know, load up on Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson should be back from COVID. Like, I, I, I'm rolling those guys out in my lineup because I think they're going to run all over Jacksonville. But I, I think that Daria Gumbawale is like a guy that if you're totally desperate, you need a last-minute flyer. Like, I think he's a guy you could probably put into your lineup because he's going to have a three-down roll in all likelihood on Sunday. And the Patriots, like, if you can exploit one part of their defense, it's on the ground. So while he might not be the most talented option, you could plug and play. He's going to get volume, and he's going to have an opportunity to score at least a touchdown or something. That Robinson injury is such a bummer. I mean, if you want everything right around a rookie quarterback, and you have two running backs – one that you might not even have needed to have drafted, you know, in, at the end of the first round. And two of them basically have what might be career, you know, changing type of injuries. I mean, they're very serious injuries to both ETN and Robinson. Um, it should also be noted, Divine Ozigbo, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he was in camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars this summer, um, ended up getting released, picked up on the Patriots practice squad. The Jaguars tried to sign him off of the Patriots practice squad this week, and he said, no, I'm good. I'm good here. Um, geez, man. When when a guy is turning down a check of that magnitude and practice squad checks are now slated by the union, so like you can't even do the whole thing where you're like basically paying like a 53-man roster spot for a guy to stick on the practice squad anymore, he is legit turning down money to stick around with the Patriots and – you know, a lot of guys, especially who are on the bubble like that, like they kind of need to check. Like being on the NFL practice squad isn't what it's made out to be. So um, the fact that he's turning that down kind of one shows like the desperation of the Jaguars where they're at in their running back room. And two, the fact that like people don't really want to go play for the Jags right now, especially with how their locker room is set up. Um, we mentioned it on the Wednesday show. But yeah, man, like all, all those uh, clown avatars. Seem like they're making their rounds, and it seems like Jacksonville fans are taking it another step now. They're they're starting to buy uh clown noses, like buy packs of like two hundred, and they're like, "Hey, meet me at lot two oh one, and I got the I got the noses for like the entire lot." So, if you see Jags fans at this game, they're probably going to be wearing clown noses. You know, end end of the season game, it's going to be clown noses. Um, they are not happy with the status of their team. And these are Jaguars fans who have no reason, no reason at all to root for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have not given them, given them anything in their lifetime outside of that one AFC championship game uh, where Blake Borles uh, made it. And outside of that, man, like they're just running off of like faith and fumes. So if they're pissed, like you, you got to make a change. Balky's got to get out of there. Yeah. It feels like Jacksonville is just trying to limp to the end of the season like if they could if the pe players could still get their game checks and just like forfeit these games I, I feel like the jacksonville jaguars would just do it like let's just let's just get out of here we'll we'll take two more losses and, and just wrap it up because it's been a total disaster so you might not want to start Daria Gumbawale in your fantasy lineups but if you're totally desperate i understand it and i think you can do worse than him this week Miles Sanders is going to be out for the Philadelphia Eagles this week, which is a bummer. Miles Sanders still hasn't scored a touchdown on the season. <laughs> like, and we talked about how bad the Eagles passing offense was early in the season, and they refused to run the ball, but they were super effective. 
Now they've become one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. And Miles Sanders, when he's been healthy, has been putting up numbers and looked really good, but has just not found the end zone. And now he's out this week. The Eagles are still fighting for a playoff spot, and they've got a chance to get in against the Washington football team they just played a couple of weeks ago and kind of struggled against. But Washington's coming off that embarrassing performance against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that if Jordan Howard is somehow still available in your league, you got to go swoop him up right now because Jordan Howard all of a sudden has like championship upside if he finds the end zone a couple of times in this game. So I, and I think he's going to do that when Jordan Howard's been active, he's kind of been their red zone running back that they utilize and Kenneth Gainwell's gotten some looks there. Boston Scott had a red zone touchdown last week. So I would expect Howard and Scott to be the guys who benefit most from Miles Sanders being out. But Jordan Howard is the guy that I would have put in a move on this week. And if he's available and you can go scoop him up, I'd put him in my lineup and start him without question. Yeah. And this is really where you start seeing how motivated are teams at the end of the season, right? Philadelphia still very much has something to fight for Washington. Not so much. I mean, they're basically knocked out of the NFC race, the way that it's shaken out now. Um, their defensive line is having fist fights on the sideline. Never like to see that. Uh, they just look like a mess at the end of that Dallas game when the backups for Dallas were able to just put up, you know, scoring drives on them. That's a very bad look. I mean, at the end of the day, that very much is like a motivation issue. It's going to be interesting because if the Eagles pop them in the mouth very early into this game, I mean, I could see it completely spinning out of hand again. Like Washington's defense has been a mess all season. Um, in terms of like the secondary and really how the team is just built overall. What do you think about Ron Rivera long-term? Because I, I'm not seeing it, man. Like what are they building moving forward? I know a lot of people are like saying, oh, Taylor Heineke is the guy starting at quarterback. So therefore you kind of got to throw out the year. Well, it's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that like we're saying is going to vault this team into the playoffs based off of, you know, his talent alone. And, the Snyder's stuff like isn't going to go away anytime soon, pretty obviously. So what are we to make of this when Ron Rivera is a defensive mind and his defense is blowing up and Jack Del Rio clearly is stuck in like 2004 in terms of like his coaching and his scheme. Like it just none of it feels right to me. It just feels like they're just going through the motions. Well, and especially coming into this season, and I understand that that defense lost Chase Young, obviously, that's a huge blow, but he was having kind of a down year compared to what he did as a rookie prior to his injury. And like we were looking at that Washington front, like that's going to be one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. And they just really didn't live up to expectation this season in any way. So I mean, I don't think Ron Rivera is in danger of like getting fired or anything. If I'm Ron Rivera, I'd be a little bit more interested in just being like, can I just get out of here so I don't have to keep doing all these press conferences and answering questions about how awful my owner is. But I just don't really see where Washington goes from here, like whether it's Taylor Heineke or Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever they get to be their quarterback next season, like. They're just not top to bottom a, a talented enough team where you have faith that they're going to be any better going into next season. And I think Ron Rivera is an okay head coach. I, I, don't, I don't think he's like an elite head coach or anything like that. Like, I, I feel like this is kind of Ron Rivera's ceiling. Like, I know he went to a Super Bowl, but it's kind of like a middling average team. Like, that's what I expect from him as a head coach. 
Yeah, and I just don't think that's enough, man. Like the fact that this Washington organization's let guys like, you know, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur walk through those doors and they're just still a mess. And it seems like outside of one RG three year, they've never really had it together at the quarterback position in my lifetime. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like how much want to is there here? Like you're in the stadium that doesn't get a lot of fans in the building. You're going to have the number nine pick um, in a bad quarterback class by, you know, anyone who's evaluating this class is saying that it's just like, is this ever going to get better? It just kind of feels inevitable. It's just like, you're going to be bad, but you're not going to be bad enough where like actual changes are going to happen. It's just like this loop of like, yep, you're going to go like, I guess like six and 11 now. Right. Like oh, yeah. the worst. Yeah. It's just total mediocrity. And that that actually leads us to our next NFL reacts poll, which NFC team on the bubble would be the most fun to watch in the postseason. Our options are the Minnesota Vikings, Washington football team, New Orleans Saints, Atlanta Falcons, Minnesota Vikings leading the way with 53 percent of the vote. The New Orleans Saints at number two with 18 percent of the vote. Washington football team at number three with 17% and the Atlanta Falcons with just 12% of the votes. I kind of think it's shocking that the saints are ahead of the Washington football team, I guess, or that they're number two. Like I totally agree. The Vikings should be number one here because Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, like you want to see those offensive stars in the postseason. but the New Orleans Saints just started Ian Book in an NFL game, and it was one of the most unwatchable games of the season. Like, I don't really want to see that in the NFC playoffs. Yeah, you have to tell me who the quarterback is starting that game. But I, I kind of do get the New Orleans defense and wanted to see that. I mean, they just have so much length up front. Um, they're able to do so much in terms of beating guys up with power and with length, and their secondary isn't the best uh but th- what they are able to do is capitalize on bad plays like Lattimore's going to get got but he's going to get his too you know what i mean it- it's a lot of that um versus like Baltimore where they just simply have nothing in the back end so i understand wanting to watch that Saints defense and i do think that they could catch some teams napping right i mean you're talking about the two top teams in the NFC probably from like a talent perspective when they're healthy it's green bay and tampa New Orleans has beaten both of those teams this year. Um, so their quarterback situation certainly is a issue, but depending on who would start those games, I, I understand getting them in over Washington. Yeah. And it does sound like Taysom Hill is going to return for the saints this week. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. He's still banged up, but he's coming off the COVID list, which is why Ian book had to start that football game. So it might not be quite that bad for the new Orleans saints offense this week, but Let's take a quick time out. When we get back, we got to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and whether or not Jimmy G is actually going to play in this game. If he doesn't go, Trey Lance has got some major upside against the Houston Texans. And we'll, of course, end the show with our pick three to get you set up in your DraftKings lineups. That's coming up next on NFL Reacts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids in bed. I'm betting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. The San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo seem to be having a bit of a spat this week. Uh, Jimmy G's banged up again, which seems to always be the case, but he's got a legitimate finger injury that could cost him some time, but now there's all kinds of weird reports uh, about you know him and Shanahan not getting along, and he thinks that Jimmy G should play. And then it makes you wonder, like, well, wouldn't you be in favor of just putting Trey Lance in anyways? Like you, you've been kind of playing the season out as if you're giving Jimmy G the respect of him being an NFL veteran and saying like, this is his team this year. Trey's going to take over next season. But if you don't like what Jimmy G does on the football field, it makes all the sense in the world to just be like, all right, Jimmy's out this week. Let's roll with Trey Lance. And it's a favorable matchup and kind of a must win game for the 49ers who are still trying to lock up a playoff spot. Like, I think that it's actually better for the 49ers if Trey Lance gets the start this week over Jimmy Garoppolo because Trey Lance has got major, major upside with his rushing ability and the way that they'll utilize him, like, around the end zone. So if we get confirmation early enough that Trey Lance is going to be the starter in this football game and he's available, depending on your quarterback situation, I'd go scoop him up and put him in my lineup against the Texans. From a fantasy perspective, I agree. The the one X factor I will say is, you know, if this Houston team really is modeling itself out of as like out of the the flesh of New England, right? New England has seen how you use a running quarterback and how you defend a running quarterback and some of the issues that it presents. And I'm sure, you know, we make fun of Lovey Smith for you know basically playing like three coverages, um, you know, in today's NFL, which is very it's hard to win football games that way. The one benefit to that, if you're just playing cover three against Trey Lance, you're going to have to make him throw a lot of check downs if he's not taking those whole shots and he's not confident in those whole shots and he hasn't been playing well in structure very often in the few reps that he's had. Um, and the other thing, too, is cover two is probably what you want to run if you're trying to defend the option, which is really what you're worried about with Trey Lance. So from a numbers perspective, just the way that like fantasy works, um, I, I think Trey Lance would be able to have a big game while at the same time, like hurting his team a pretty significant amount, like in actual like football terms. I think Houston has like a real chance to kind of upset this San Francisco team and make everyone like think, oh, wow, is Houston actually good when it's really, you know, they, they played the Chargers who can't stop the run and then they played a rookie quarterback and in like his first like actual start in the NFL. Yeah, I, I do think if Trey Lance gets the nod, it could hurt those pass catchers a little bit just because when he played earlier in this season, he did have some accuracy issues and and it felt like a little bit, there's a little bit of like trust issues with him really like kind of passing the football, but he had his moments and, you know, I I think you still have to play George Kittle. You still have to play Debo Samuel because they're absolute fantasy superstars. If Trey Lance is the starting quarterback, I'd be a little bit more cautious about plugging in a guy like Brandon Ayuk just because of his limited role in the offense over the last couple of weeks. But 
if Trey Lance goes, I, I think you can put him in your fantasy lineup. Now we're still waiting to see if Elijah Mitchell's going to be available in this game. If he is, he's an absolute must-start player. The Texans give up a ton of yards on the ground, so Elijah Mitchell will be able to produce for you. And if Trey Lance is the starter, we might see them just lean more into that rushing attack, and Jeff Wilson could be a guy who gets in the mix. If he steps in for Elijah Mitchell, I'm still playing Jeff Wilson as well. Uh, Rex Burkhead, you talked about that matchup against the Chargers. Rex Burkhead had a career game last week going for 149 yards and two touchdowns against that defense. Um, this is not nearly as favorable a matchup. The Niners run defense has actually been pretty solid this season. So don't chase the Rex Burkhead points. Don't no, not, not it's not happening week. again. Yeah, Lightning doesn't week. strike twice. He, I, I mentioned it the other day. He had not rushed for over 41 yards in a single game prior to that performance. So it was a one week wonder. If you got Rex Burkhead in your lineup last week and he got you to your fantasy championships, hell yeah, that's awesome. You got away with one there. Don't chase those points again. Rex Burkhead does not belong in your lineup this week. And I, I still think you could put Brandon Cooks, assuming he's available. He's been on the COVID list, but it sounds like he's going to get. He's going to return to practice. I think that Brandon Cooks would be a guy that you could still plug and play in your lineup in a uh, decent matchup against a banged up Niner secondary. Matthew Stafford is coming off a dud performance where the Los Angeles Rams still managed to win the football game. Cooper Cup still managed to put up a solid fantasy outing because he's just awesome and he's Cooper Cup and he's been absolutely incredible this season. But Stafford was not good last week now he gets the baltimore ravens secondary who just gave up 525 passing yards uh, against joe burrow and the cincinnati Bengals. and the secondary is not in any better shape this week for the baltimore ravens they might have lamar jackson back but this is a smash spot for matthew stafford to bounce back after last week's down game and uh, i think it's a smash spot for those other wide receivers outside of cooper cup like the baltimore ravens secondary is just very, very pieced together. And I think every single one of their wide receivers can burn this secondary. So Cooper Cup, obviously in your lineup. And I'd take a chance on Odell or Van Jefferson this week as well. Yeah, I mean, this feels like a get-right game for the Rams to me. There's still a good chance that the Rams not only win the NFC West, but also get that two seed in the NFC, which would be a huge deal for them, you know, being able to host back-to-back games, um, the first two rounds of the playoffs. Stafford, that was weird because that was the first, like, off-Stafford game where he had been, like, quote-unquote healthy for since that first Cardinals game, I would say. You're not usually getting those performances from him, and they're such a good team out of 11 personnel with Jefferson, with Cup, with OBJ. I don't think that that's a trend moving forward, and this just feels like bait, like, Baltimore is not going to be able to cover these guys at all. If McVay is worth any of the salt that we say that he's worth, he should be able to get, you know, 300 plus yards out of Stafford in this matchup. And it is a tough matchup uh, against the Ravens ground defense, I, I guess. Like they, they have been good against opposing rushers all season, but the Rams did place Daryl Henderson on IR this week. But they activated Cam Akers, who tore his Achilles in, 
or his Achilles in the preseason or early on in the offseason. Like, I didn't know that was allowed. Like, you could recover that quickly. I didn't realize that was a possibility. Yeah, it, it's absolutely crazy that they activated him. Now, that doesn't guarantee that he's actually going to get in any game action or that he could be active, but you're certainly not going near him. I'm sure he's available in all your fantasy lineups, but this is the Sony Michelle show now. And Sony Michelle has produced over the last three weeks. He's been a fantastic fantasy asset. So even if, even in a tough matchup against the Ravens run defense, if you got Sony, I think you get him into your lineup and then, you know, maybe you, you, you just look at cam Akers as like uh, if you're in a dynasty league or something like that, you're just hoping that if he gets any action, he's, just going to look healthy because he should be their starting running back next season. He was supposed to be the stud coming into this year. Um, as far as the Baltimore Ravens go, if Lamar Jackson goes, I think you can put him in your lineup just because they're going to have to score in this one. I just am at a point where I feel like it's hard to trust the Baltimore Ravens offense outside of Mark Andrews, who's been absolutely nuts, but he's really put those performances together without Lamar Jackson. <laughs> like he's been nuts over the last three games, but those were all the games where Lamar Jackson got hurt. And that was with Tyler Huntley and their third string quarterback last week. So Lamar's obviously going to target him. I'm just questionable about Lamar's running ability. And the thing that really makes him a special fantasy asset in this one, because He's returning from a serious ankle injury. And if you watch any of the videos of him on the field at practice, like he still looks like he's moving kind of gingerly. So I, I think I'd proceed with some caution when it comes to Lamar Jackson this week. No, I agree with you. And, you know, Huntley can do some stuff, but t if, if Lamar isn't there, there's just a level of dynamic football that you can't replace. And if you're going against the Rams passing game, against this secondary, I think you need that kind of like dynamic playmaking. I, I don't think that they're going to get into the same position that like, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers were in where the Packers just couldn't stop Huntley at all. I, I think some, some adjustments have to be made with how he's made some of these starts. The other thing too, this week, um, the Bermuda grass, did you see the uh, practice clips? Yeah. Every, everyone's shocked at the grass that the, uh, baltimore ravens play on and then people in the mentions are like that's obviously bermuda grass it's like oh i've never heard of this in my life i've never seen <laughs> grass like that in my life is, is this normal is that in your part of the country i'm from the northwest where it just rains so grass never looks like that ever in your part of the country does grass look like that where it's like inverted colors i just thought it was dead grass <laughs> like i was just like oh somebody's sleeping on their lawn maintenance well, like, big if you tweet that out big bermuda glass will be or grass will be in your mentions telling you hey no that's a normal thing <laughs> okay uh yeah it's not a normal thing for me here in kansas city so I, i've never seen that before i don't know how we're just finding out that that's what they practice on for the baltimore ravens I, I it isn't aesthetically pleasing to be yeah. fair it, it doesn't look nice but i guess no. it works in baltimore yeah, it looks like dead grass, but uh, apparently it works for them. The Tennessee Titans have a matchup against the red hot Miami Dolphins this week, and the Titans have a chance to if they lose to the Dolphins, then the Kansas City and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cincinnati Bengals. They can secure the number one overall seed in the AFC playoffs, but the Titans seem to keep finding ways to win games like as inexplicable as it is their offense has totally fallen apart but they did get aj brown last week and you know julio jones has been a huge disappointment this season for them 
And it's a, a tough matchup against the Miami Dolphins defense that has been playing really, really well over their seven game win streak. I don't think you can go anywhere near Ryan Tannehill or the Tennessee Titans backfield. We thought Deontay Foreman was kind of taking that lead role. And then last week they reverted to a total three running back committee. So you can't bank on any one of those guys getting enough volume to produce for you this week in your championship week. But if you made it to week 17 in your fantasy football league with AJ Brown, likely on IR, and you had a chance to plug and play him for a huge performance last week, then you put him in your lineup again because there's just not that many elite wide receivers that you can bank on. And AJ Brown is that kind of stud, in my opinion. Like it's a reasonably tough matchup. He's probably going to see a lot of like Xavier Howard, who is a very good NFL cornerback, but AJ Brown's a monster. So I'm still putting him in my lineup this week. I 100% agree. I think AJ Brown is going to get his. Um, I don't know if the Titans win that game last week, if not for AJ Brown. So, him moving forward, I think could be the difference maker between breaking this this uh, Miami Dolphins streak that they have going. I still am not impressed. We listed off the names of the teams that they have beaten over this like six or seven, or, yeah, six or seven game win streak on the Wednesday show. They re- their best win of the season is still week one against the Patriots, and you're getting rookie Mac Jones in that matchup. So I don't even know how much you hang your hat on that. Tennessee, at the end of the day, is a team that is contending for that one seed in the AFC. If Miami beats them, this would be their biggest win of the season, point blank period. And somehow the Titans are only three and a half point favorites. And it might it, it doesn't even make into one of my three best bets of the week. I'll say that. I think there's some value on some of these lines league-wide. Yeah, and as far as the Miami Dolphins side goes, it is a favorable matchup for Tua Tungavailoa, who's been a serviceable fantasy quarterback in, in recent weeks, but he's a guy I would take a chance on in like my daily lineups, not like my season-long fantasy championship. Like you just don't Tua doesn't have a high enough ceiling for me to be like, well, I can throw him into my lineup this week of, of all weeks. But our guy Duke Johnson, who we talked about last week, did wind up leading the Dolphins' backfield in carries again, but they did kind of use three a three-running back rotation. Johnson got the most carries, but none of them were really super effective last week. And the Titans' run defense has been pretty good this season, so I think I'm just avoiding that backfield. But you got to get Jalen Waddle into your lineup. Jalen Waddle has made an ascension here, you know, down the back half of the season to a legitimate fantasy superstar. He's got like superstar wide receiver potential just in real life moving forward. Like he looks like an absolute stud and he's got at least nine targets in three consecutive games. So it's hard to find that type of bankable volume and the Titans secondary is not good. So Jalen Waddle absolutely has to be in your lineup. Devontae Parker was a guy that, you know, we were looking at like he had put up some big performances with Tua under center this season, And then he got absolutely goose-egged against the Saints. So it's a favorable matchup against the Titans, but Parker's nothing more than a dart throw. I'd avoid him in my season-long lineups. The the big Waddle thing to watch is he might break the uh, rookie reception record in this game, which is kind of amazing. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't watching these Miami Dolphins games just because they had risen from an ascension that was very low, and they've been playing against teams that frankly aren't very good. So if you're not watching them on red zone – you know, they're probably not on your television on Sundays, but um, Jalen Waddle certainly been fed the football. And I think it's a smart idea. I mean, when you trade up for a guy the way that they did, you, you got to feed the guy. I mean, he might be, not be used 
in the way that you want. He probably should be used more as a vertical threat than he has been right, you know, this season. Um, but with Tua, I mean, what are you really going to do? So the fact that, you know, they're seeing, you're seeing them manufacture touches for him so much is probably a good sign moving forward. Yeah. I think it's an absolutely smash spot. He's got another opportunity to really produce for your lineup. So Jalen Waddle, fantasy stud, get him into your lineup this week. I want to talk about the Denver Broncos offense really quick. And it looks like drew lock is going to be the starter again this week. Uh, Head coach Vic Fangio did not confirm it necessarily, but he said they're going to take it slow with Teddy and make sure he's okay because he did have like a, a very serious looking concussion when he left that game a couple of weeks ago. So Drew Locke is going to get the nod in all likelihood this weekend, and it's a must-win game for the Los Angeles Chargers as they're looking to try to clinch a playoff spot. Right now they're on the outside looking in. And somehow Drew Locke made the Broncos offense even worse last week than it had been with Teddy, because at least with Teddy, like, you know, the pass catchers as talented as they are, they just were not producing. Teddy cannot get them the ball at a, at a high enough level to where their fantasy assets for your lineups. But Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams had been fantasy assets where you could plug and play both those guys. And they were producing, they were both getting enough touches in that rushing attack that they could put up numbers. And then last week it was just bad. The entire offense could not accomplish anything. I know Javante Williams wound up found finding the end zone, but neither running back was able to get much going on the ground. And part of that is that opposing defenses don't have any respect for drew lock. So they just said, we're going to shut down your rushing attack. We know drew lock can't get your wide receivers, the ball, and we're not going to worry about it. Also, they get the chargers this week who, just gave up 149 rushing yards to Rex Burkhead. So I would have to imagine the Chargers are going to have a harder time shutting down their run game this week. So Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon smash spots. But I don't trust anybody in this passing attack. I don't see how you can. It's just every single one of them, guys that we had high hopes for coming into the season, and Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fant, they've all been letdowns this year. So I don't think you can put any of those guys into your lineup this week. Every time Drew Locke drops back to pass in the first half of that game is malpractice on the coaching staff, right? Like, just not a good idea, at least if it's not, like, third and six plus. Um, Somehow, I'm looking on 538 right now, and I don't understand how their, like, ELO math necessarily works at the quarterback position. I don't know what necessarily goes into it. But they actually have Drew Locke as a two-point upgrade over uh, Teddy Bridgewater somehow, which doesn't make sense to me at all. I mean was there any point where you're watching these games this season and saying like, yeah, Drew Locke is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. Cause that thought had never crossed my mind. Teddy is somewhat of a boring quarterback. He's the steady Eddie type. He's going to take a ton of check downs, but like he's a, if you're trying to win football games, especially with the pass catchers that they have, like he's a better quarterback than Drew Locke for sure. Drew Locke is going to risk it all on any given play. Yeah. It's just, does Drew Lock have like a little bit more, you know, 70 yard touchdown upside? Sure, because he's going to take those chances. He also has a lot more like <laughs> I threw a pick from our 11 yard line and now you're in field goal range already, too. Yeah, exactly. And in a must win game for the Los Angeles Chargers, who had the huge upset loss to the Houston Texans last week, they're going to get players back from the COVID list this week in all likelihood. It sounds like Austin Eckler is you know, honor trajectory to return for the lineup. So, you know, Justin Jackson, who was a fantasy savior for a lot of you last week, it's probably going to be the Austin Eckler 
show again for the Chargers as far as that backfield goes. But the Broncos run defense has been pretty good this season, but I still think you can put Austin Eckler into your lineup, obviously. And I'm deploying Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. But other than that, I'm avoiding the Chargers because Mike Williams has just been so inconsistent this season. Started off looking like he was going to be a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football and has just done nothing but nose dive since then. It's not good. It's a, it's a bad sign. It, it, this league, there's too many games, right? A lot of these matchups, it just doesn't seem like, do we need to be playing these games, you know, in, in late December, early January? It doesn't really make sense. It feels like we should have knocked these games down to like 15 instead of going up to 17. Yeah, and we've got one more week. <laughs> we've got got one more game. They, it feels like a lot of teams across the league just don't even want to play. So, you know, get get those guys in your lineup this week. Try to go win it all. Get that ring. Do what you got to do. But we do this each and every week to end the show. We try to help you get set up on the DraftKings Sportsbook, some key players that we think you need to get into your lineup to try to get the most out of it. And then Justice will give you his three favorite bets of the week. It's pick three. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, I will give you one quarterback, one wide receiver, and one running back that I think you can build your daily lineups out and try to get the most value out of them. Try to uh, get you some money in some of these cash lineups. Then Justice will give you his three favorite bets of the week. My quarterback feels a little bit risky this week based on his performance this season, but I'm taking a chance on Russell Wilson. It's The Seahawks offense really has been a big letdown all throughout the year. But it's a good matchup against the Detroit Lions. Opposing quarterbacks aren't putting up huge numbers against the Lions. Some of that has to do with you know, getting out to early leads. Uh, the Lions aren't particularly good at, at stopping opposing rushers, and so that's helped quite a bit as well. But I don't trust this Seahawks rushing attack. I know Rashad Penny had a decent game last week, but I think this is going to be a big spot for Russell Wilson. He's only 6,200 on DraftKings, so I think there's going to be an opportunity for, for Russ to bounce back a little bit. So I'm going to take a chance on him in my DraftKings lineups this week. My pick three running back is going to be Chiefs running back Daryl Williams. He comes in at $5,800 this week. With Clyde Edwards-Alaire likely out, Daryl comes as a cost-effective running back with plenty of upside in this matchup. I think we're going to see plenty of points. Daryl started five games earlier this season for the Chiefs, and he had at least 19 touches in four of those games. That's bankable volume that I am willing to get into my lineup. I think Daryl's had a huge role in the pass-catching game over the last several weeks, so that should continue, and he's going to get some more looks in the rushing game with Clyde out. So I think Daryl is in a very good spot to produce against the Cincinnati Bengals and my pick three wide receiver. I already talked about him. Jalen Waddle is an absolute stud. He's $6,700 this week, which is a little bit of a price increase, but you know, that's inevitable when he continues to produce this way. He's been a total breakout fantasy player and he's got at least nine catches in three straight games. That makes him one of the most reliable fantasy wide receivers over that stretch. And I think it's got a lot to do with the improved play of Tua 
it, it, it does feel like Waddle's upside gets capped a little bit just because the Dolphins are not a vertical offense, so he doesn't get a ton of stuff deep down the field, but he gets consistent looks, consistent catches, consistent yardage, and he's starting to get red zone looks from Tua. Against a poor Titan secondary, I think Waddle's in line for uh, another very nice fantasy performance. Justice, your top three bets of the week. My first one kind of builds off of your running back, Daryl Williams. Um, I, I really do think Kansas City just matches up very well with Cincinnati. I understand they were able to get a bunch of yards on, you know, Baltimore's backup pass rushers and backup cornerbacks, you know, this past week, and they were able to put up 500 yards. I don't think that's happening against Kansas City. I think Kansas City's pass rush uh, matches up very well with Cincinnati's offensive line. Patrick Mahomes hasn't ever looked better, you know, this week um, compared to since compared to earlier in the season. So if he's back and it really gets into shootout mode, what's really going to take over is Kansas City's pass rush, not Cincinnati's offense, I would say. So I'm taking Kansas City minus five. My next game, Los Angeles Rams minus three and a half at Baltimore. This is kind of the flip side of that Cincinnati Baltimore game from last week. I still don't think Baltimore is going to be able to cover anyone. We're kind of like, for lack of a better term, buying a dip on the Los Angeles Rams after they had not a great game, especially from Stafford's side this past week. Um, at the end of the day, they have Van Jefferson who could score from any place in the field. They have Odell Beckham Jr. who could score from any place in the field. And they have Cooper Cup who, you know, if, if he doesn't lead the league in receptions and yards, etc., by the end of the year, he's going to be really high up on those rankings. So I think Stafford is going to have a get-right game here. Um, Baltimore, we still don't know what their quarterback situation is even going to look like. And I think, you know, if, if Huntley's there and they're able to set the edge, you know, keep contain that alone might be enough to be able to win that shootout. So I like the Rams a lot at three and a half. And then my last game, this one, I, I could feel it already. I'm going to be sweating it. I, it's going to be gross. Houston plus 12 at San Francisco. If Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing and it does not sound like he's playing based off of, you know, how the reporting is coming out of how the rest between Shanahan's thoughts of if Jimmy can play and, you know, Jimmy's thoughts on if Jimmy can play. And at the end of the day, Jimmy has that decision. If Trey Lance is in there, the fact that Lovey Smith plays a very stagnant defense that is cover two based, that is going to force Trey Lance early and often to have to go to check downs that are kind of uncomfortable at the NFL level in structure. Plus, he's going to have the edges settled up with those cornerbacks playing the option pretty well. I think that bodes very well in a matchup to be able to stop Trey Lance, not necessarily in terms from like a fantasy perspective, but from like a gambling perspective. Houston also, it's not like, so if San Francisco does play Lance, do we think they're going to like blow this team out? I, I don't think so. I don't think their explosive power is going to be through the roof. I think they're going to manufacture a lot of touches for Debo Samuel, certainly, especially if Elijah Mitchell can't go. But I wouldn't say like this is like the, the game that Ayuk goes for like 150 yards or Kittle goes for like 200 yards or something like that. I don't think that that's how this game is going to play out. So I think Houston, especially with the way that Mills has kind of looked like at least a halfway serviceable serviceable um, backup kind of caliber quarterback in recent weeks, as opposed to early in the season where he was just looking like he didn't belong in the NFL at all. I think this all bodes well for Houston. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I do think that is going to be a, a it's closer. gross. Yeah, I'm going to sweat it, but it's, <laughs> it's, it might be a moneymaker, man. Yeah. I, I do think it's going to be a closer game than we probably think it should be on paper, but 
That is our pick three brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Before we get out of here, we do have to ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. Remember, we're in the five-star business here, so please leave us a five-star rating and review. You can follow Justice on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Go win the rings. Go take home the pots. Go win some cash. It's Fantasy Championship Week 17. Let's do it. We'll talk to you guys next week, and we'll have probably a lot more like daily lineup plays and stuff like that. We'll talk to you soon.